Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Jay Woodcroft, Brad Lauer, Guy Godowski, Ian Herbers, Jim Playfair. Those are the coaches that will join us in this coaching week discussing the journey, the art, and the science of coaching. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. It is uh, 1.33 in Edmonton, and at this time we're going to head off to our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we welcome back to the show Brad Lauer. Hi, Brad. How are you? Hey, Bob, I'm doing fine, thank you. Good. Uh, look, uh, I've been gone for a couple of weeks uh, during uh, the uh, uh, time that I was away, uh, the unfortunate passing of uh, one of your players, mm-hmm. Caleb Reimer, who was 16. He, along with Parker Magnuson and Ronan uh, Sharma, were involved in a uh, uh, vehicle uh mishap that resulted in all three of them passing away and before we get to uh you know sort of the 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 art and the science and the journey and all those other things uh yeah. just just a quick thought on on just uh, you know a, a, a terrible story yeah it is i mean obviously you're getting that phone call uh very very difficult and then um then, then you have to relate it to your players and that was probably the toughest thing that our organization had to do, you know, such a young, such a young guy, um, you know, such a bright future ahead of him. And, you know, last year we got a little bit of taste in a short season with Caleb, um, the way he played. And I thought, you know, the start, he got off to a little bit of a slow start, but, you know, being a young guy and getting to know his way around the Western Hockey League, you know, it took some time, but you could see in his practices the way he was handling things. Uh, he was figuring things out, and you know, I really thought his game. You know, he started turning his game around and started, you know, getting understanding the game, our, the speed of our game, and you know, the last seven, eight games, I really liked the way he was playing. Um, I was really looked excited to to see his what type of game he's going to be able to bring this year, and I was really excited to be. Obviously, he gives us that depth that we need in in our organization. Uh, it's difficult, um, you know, to say the least, uh, to lose a guy like that. But, you know, um, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with you know, with him and his family right now. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate the perspective. Uh, sure. And that's, you know, and, and he was a first-round draft choice. Uh, he was a yeah. big part of the future of this team. But this is a sure. team that's in the here and now. You're in that wheelhouse right now. We'll get to yeah. the club. And, and you guys have been right there the last couple of years. You haven't had a chance to play for a championship, mm-hmm. and many people would have figured you would have been the favorite, and you're going to be the favorite again this year too, especially, mm-hmm. especially uh, with Coase and Gunther getting signed. But I'd like to talk a bit about you, Brad, sure. and, and sort of, you know, was there a point during your playing career, uh, when did you start thinking about coaching? 
you know, as as my career went, I mean, my my journey as a player was it happened fairly. You know, my my road to the NHL was was fairly quick. Um, and what I mean by that is that I went from junior playing in the Regina Pats and. And then I went to the New York Islanders playing for them right you know after my right away. I didn't go through the minors steps. Um, I got into their their organization at the right time, I guess, with them making the transition from their Stanley Cup years, and then obviously uh, the dynasty was over, and then I was in that transition of the new guys. So I kind of missed out the the American League uh, road through to the National Hockey League, and. I think sometimes when I look back at it, I kind of maybe wish I would have taken the road to the American League first and then to the National League. And the reason is just I think I could have figured the game out better, yeah. uh, maybe matured and grown better my game in the American League as opposed to learning right away in the National Hockey League. Now, saying that when I was 19, 20, it's not what I would have liked to have done. But looking back at my career, and the reason I say that, just because my career then as I got into my sixth and seventh year of playing pro, I was finding myself being being a guy that was going up and down between between the the NHL team and the farm team, and you know it was probably my eighth or ninth year where where I was doing kept doing that. I was like I kind of got more into you know coaching and, and understanding and helping. I got you know some of the coaches I had. I uh, had Bobby Bourne as a head coach and uh, Butch Gordon as head coach and. You know, they asked if I wanted to, you know, help out because at that time you only had two guys on the bench. That's all you ran with all your season. You know, we didn't have the big staffs like they have now. So, you know, I, being an older guy that back then, um, they gave me the opportunity to help and work, do some drill stuff, and uh, you know, at towards the end of my career. So that kind of gave me the taste of maybe getting into coaching, and then. You know, right towards the last three or four years of my career, um, I started going to the coaches' conferences um, that they were having uh, throughout North America every summer. I would go and, and participate in those. And, you know, when I retired, I was I was feeling that was the, the road I was going to take, and uh, that, that led me to, to coaching. You started off with the Kootenai Ice uh, yep. at, at a time when they were – a pretty good, uh, pretty good club. Corey Clouston, mm-hmm. uh, who I knew from the University of Alberta, uh, later would be the head coach of the Ottawa Senators. He was, you were with him for uh, Colin Patterson, the former Calgary Flame, was part of that staff as well. And mm-hmm. I know you spent like five or six seasons uh, with Corey. How did that go? Yeah, you know, uh, so I retired and I joined the uh, Western Hockey the Kootenai Ice there as an assistant coach. And like you said, Corey was my head guy. And I obviously coming out of coming out of Retire. I'm coming out of playing the game and going right into the coaching. You know, there's a lot of things you had to learn from you know being a coach and being around the players and stuff like that. So, I really learned a lot from Corey. I, I really liked the way he was able to control the bench. I thought one thing with Corey that I was that I picked up right away was the way he the X's and O. He for me he was one of the best X and O's guys I've ever worked with. Um, you know, he's able to. What I mean by that is like a lot of coaches that I played for. Um, they made corrections during the period or after the period or after the period was done with in between the intermissions. Uh, when I went and worked with Corey, he really he was making he was making changes uh, during the period while the game was going on with systems and stuff like that. That's where I really uh, learned a lot about the X's and O's parts of the game and being able to make adjustments 
uh, not waiting for the period to end, but to do it right away. And, you know, I learned, I learned an awful lot from Corey, you know, as soon as I started coaching in, in that, that aspect of the game. We're joined by Edmonton Oil Kings head coach uh, Brad Lauer. Talking a bit about his journey. You go from the Western Hockey League with Corey to working with Lane uh, Lambert, who yeah. uh, is a guy, I, I know ESPN has a story out today on the, the best, you know, the next head coaches, and Lambert is one of those guys. Long time affiliated with Barry Trotz, represented yeah. by Gil Scott. Uh, and you guys had good teams with the Milwaukee Admirals. You won 42 and 49 games in back-to-back years in the A. Uh, he's, it's interesting because his name's constantly out there, but he's kind of been uh, seen as a, an assistant himself, hasn't he? Yeah, you know, I, I keep I, we I, we're really good friends, and we keep in touch all the time. And um, it seems like every year there's a lot of jobs available for him to put his name in. Uh, they end up playing well into the playoffs, into the summer, where a lot of those roles, a lot of those positions get filled because teams don't want to wait till till towards the end of June to fill them. And and uh, <laughs> so I think he's missed a lot of opportunity because of the success that they are that their teams they've had. But again, I think he's a tremendous coach. Like you said, I joined his staff in, in uh, God, I can't even remember the year, but in Milwaukee for two years with an affiliation with Nashville. And um, again, I thought I worked again. I learned an awful lot with Lane. Um, just to, a lot of it was preparing um, and then dealing with players at the pro level. Um, that obviously being my first pro job, um, Lane was obviously the assistant coach in Milwaukee the years prior to that. And uh, understanding the pro side of the game, he really, he really, um, he, I really learned a lot of how to handle the players and do things. Um, and maybe a little bit different, but not too different, but uh, just the pro part of the game, and I, I thought I learned an awful lot. He's a very intense individual uh, during the game and uh, controlled emotion, so there's some things I learned there, and uh, I just think you're, I think you're right. I think he's going to be one of those new those coaches coming in in the next, next year or two years from now. I think you can see him being the head guy in the National Hockey League. Brad Lauer joining us, head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Brad is an assistant. Uh, he worked with Corey again in the NHL, had a, a good year and then a down year in Ottawa. But then he yeah. had opportunities with both Anaheim and Tampa Bay with Bruce yeah. Boudreau, again, uh, a guy that, uh, you know, you had a 50-win season couple when you were with the Ducks. Yeah. And then John Cooper. What were those experiences like for you? Yeah, again, I'm very fortunate. When you start reading these names up, I've been able to work with. I'm very fortunate. Obviously, the tremendous coaches I've been able to to you know to learn from and 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 do things with. And I think Bruce Bruce Boudreau, obviously, probably the most popular name uh, prior to Coops winning all these Stanley Cups. Now is um, you know Bruce is a what you see is what you get from Bruce. And uh, you know from what I learned is complete honesty from Bruce. Uh, he gave me a lot of opportunity to get you. And what I mean by that is that he lets you go with things. If you're running the penalty kill, it's your penalty kill. He's going to put his, his thoughts in there, but he's he wants you your fingerprints on it. Uh, same thing as the power play or, or working with guys. He lets you do it. And I learned an awful, I learned an awful lot those years in Anaheim, um, you know, coaching and, and, and working with things and, and, and developing my 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 coaching style i guess through bruce um what i learned a lot with bruce is just uh controlled emotion um bruce is not a negative guy by any means he's a very positive individual amongst his teams he's a guy that you know if you're in the coach's office and you're complaining about your team not playing well he'll just get up and leave because he doesn't want to hear negativity you know he's one of those guys that's very positive um and saying that he's a very honest individual um, I remember a player, Danny Winnick, 
comes to me and he's asked like, how come I'm not in the, you know, he was in and out of lineup at that time in his career. And I was like, well, you know, I said, maybe we should go talk to Bruce and, and, you know, get some clarification, what you need to do. And, and the conversation Danny and I had was like, well, you know, all the coaches just tell you what you want to hear, you know, keep working hard, keep doing this. I said, well, you never know. Bruce is, you know, Bruce will tell you exactly what he thinks. And I'll never forget Danny coming out of the <laughs> Bruce's coach's office. He was just, his face was completely white. He was like, he goes to me, he goes, he goes, Brad, he goes, I thought I wanted honesty. Um, he says, but that was the most honest conversation I ever had with a coach. <laughs> and I was like, well, I go, Danny, now we know where we're at. Let's Now we can get to work and we can we know where we're going. So, you know, that's one thing I learned from Bruce is just being honest with players. Don't They don't want to be, you know, be as upfront as much as you can. And I think you get the most out of your players. Yeah. And, you know, I learned that from Bruce. Um, Coops, um, being with him was, uh, for me, it was just, to think outside the box, hmm. um, I really thought I really think Coops's approach to the game isn't like any other coach I worked with. And what I mean by that, he's he does things differently in practices, uh, drill wise, um, a lot of creativity. Wants the players to play with creativity. You know, they're all skilled players. They want them. To, you know, whether you're on the third or fourth line, wants you to play with a skill game. Um, but be responsible defensively and, and you know, allowing guys to play with the puck, wanting to play with the puck. I really learned a lot, an awful lot about um, the puck possession part of the game through through Coops in Tampa was um, something that I took from him and, and I use today here in, in, in uh, with the Oil Kings. All right. Well, uh, earmuffs uh, out there for a couple <laughs> couple words. Uh, we'll, we'll work on keeping that out. Uh, we're joined yeah. right now by Brad Lowry. He's the head coach of the uh, Edmonton Oil Kings. I use that word once in a while as well, too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Brad. Uh, actually, my daughter often directs that uh, my way once in a while. Don't uh, BS us. All right. So, uh, so, so here's the situation. So you've had all these experiences with different guys, some of the best coaches in the business. Mm-hmm. What's more important, the science, the technical side of coaching, or the art and the way you deal and try to get the most out of players? Yeah, you know, I think there's a balance that and what I mean um, there's a lot of analytics in the game right now and I think there's a, there's a place for it um, I do believe in, in some analytics um, science of the game um, I do believe in systems and structure and detail about the game but I also believe in the players have to be creative and have to you have to let them be who they are and try and manage the individual um, allowing them to be 
not to do whatever they want to do, but to be let them to be creative, but understand the importance of the team game and, and the and and the team system. And I think you know there's a balance of all everything you just said, Bob. Is it's there's a for me there's a balance. There's not one that outweighs the other. Um, my approach to these kids, it was, and I tell these guys when guys ask me, I, said, I try to bring a pro atmosphere. Um, that I was that I learned the last 11, 12 years in NHL to junior hockey, but I still understand these kids are still 16 and 20 years old, and I still understand right. they need direction and they need guidance, and I, I, I understand that 100%, and that's what we do as our organization. We have a lot of resources here, with my assistant coaches, and throughout to help our young men uh, through some of these difficult times that they go through, but um, you know, I want them to be able to be themselves. I want them one. I want them to really enjoy coming to the rink. I want them to have fun here. But understand, fun here is about work and about winning, um, about doing things right in practice, about practicing in the right way. It's not about going out and practicing and not having fun. But it's just doing the drills, and putting the passes on the tape, um, shooting the puck to score. Uh, if it's D zone coverage, there is going to be some contact with your with your teammates. Um, but still being respectful with your teammates who you're playing against, and and just uh, you know allow them the free, the, give them a little bit of freedom, but not that it's they can just do whatever they want. There's still some guidance in that. All right, uh, one final one for you. Sure. How you had Bob Strum for your first couple of years, and then <laughs> yeah. I know you ended up having the two Bills, Morris yes. and Liskwich, two college coaches. Yeah. And I'll I'll be frank with you, Billy taught me a lot uh, when I first mm-hmm. started off as a broadcaster. Corey Clouston was playing for Billy. Yeah. Billy was years ahead of his time in terms of how he treated people yeah, and the standard that he expected you to conduct yourself with. Uh, yeah. Frankly, he helped me grow up a bit, and Billy would sit mm-hmm. there and say, you never grew up the entire time I was doing the games <laughs> for him. But was yeah. it a bit of an eye-opener? to? Like, I don't know what Strummer was like. I know he was sure. a good manager in the eye and that sort of thing, but I yeah. would have to think that Bill Moores was from a little bit different perspective when he took over the Pats back in the yeah. mid-'80s with you guys. No, you know, one on, you're, you're, you're bang on with that with that statement with, with Coach Moores. I mean, uh, the years I played junior hockey, you got tapped on the shoulder to go fight somebody. You got tapped on the shoulder to go spear somebody. Like you got sent over to do things. You know, yeah. uh, that's the era I played, and that's how things were done, and that's how things were controlled. Coach Morris comes, and Coach uh, Bill Lisquich comes. Uh, you know, later on at the towards the end of my junior career, totally different night and day, uh, way ahead of their. To be honest, with you, when you look back at it way ahead of the times of hockey um the way they handled us as young men and, and and you know at the junior level and and how they treated us um how they made school really important um how important it was to to handle yourself and how you dressed coming to the rink for practice instead of being in a pair of track pants and just and you know looking like you just got out of bed uh dressed like you're going to work um just those values that he brings that he brought that year i, I mean I, just, I still use those today i still think those are important values for these young men coming to the rink uh into our locker room is is making sure you want to be treated right you got to dress right you got to make sure you're doing things right and you know that is getting up in the morning having a shower having breakfast get yourself ready and coming to the rink that you want to like you want to practice not like you're just getting out of bed like you still want to be in bed um i really thought i learned an awful lot from coach morris um the year i had him i has nothing but respect for him like i said i think he was so far ahead of his time at that time uh, coach at that time was it was just i was very fortunate to be able to to have him be able to 
to, to teach me the, that year that I had him. I, I learned so much as a player, and, and I still use a lot of things that, that I learned then. Well, you, right can't, now. you can't tell me you got tapped on the shoulder that much. Not, <laughs> not when you had a team that featured Mark Jansen, who could really chuck him yeah. lefty. Robert yeah. Dirk was tough. Brad Miller out of Edmonton, even though he was only 16, tough guy. And you had you had one of the nastiest pieces of... Uh, Wellesley? Yeah, Brian Wells. <laughs> Brian Wells was... Yeah. Uh, just ask Mark Tenorti, who I was... I'll be honest with I was scared of Mark Tenorti a bit when I was growing up. Yeah, and, yeah, rightly even, so. <laughs> I, I dumped the puck in the other corner. All right, very quickly, when do you guys yeah. get started here at the Oil Kings? What's happening there? Well, we, we're, we're off tomorrow. We're starting tomorrow. We have registration of our old fives coming in here. Uh, tomorrow at noon, they're going to register. We're going to have them on the ice at 1.30 for a quick little skate, and then we have a little social with their parents and a barbecue later on, and then uh, our, our veteran players are returning uh, on the second floor for uh, on-ice, quick on-ice skate. They have some physical um, fitness testing to do, and we're back at it this weekend full bore. Brad, love having you on the show. Uh, we're going to probably do uh, two junior uh, features a week on Oilers now during the course of this season. You guys have got a Perfect. great team on paper, high expectations. Looking forward to watching your team's journey this year. Great. Thanks, Bob. That's Brad Lauer, the head coach of uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, they've had the best record this year in the Alberta division. Uh, it was ridiculous. What was it, 20 20- one and two was the record. They'll be a consensus favorite to, to win certainly the Eastern Conference of the WHL. What with uh, Sebastian Kosa, uh, first round draft choice in goal, Dylan Gunther signing yesterday, first round draft choice. Arizona last year's first rounder Jake Neighbors uh, amongst similar players. I got some terrific uh, talent on that hockey team this year. All right. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Stop for recommendation. Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Two, this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. September 17th, travel a private WestJet charter round trip to Vancouver with an open bar just $1.99. Details at newwesttravel.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Back in 1990, free agent forward Kenny the Rat Linsman signs with the Oilers after six seasons away with Boston and a cup of coffee with Philadelphia as well. He finishes with 36 points in 56 games in his second-to-last NHL season. He, If ever there was a player that was aptly named, it was the Rat. Uh, Little-known fact about him brendan do you know how he stayed in shape in the off season how's that he surfed he was a surfer interesting I'm good sa- core strength was off the charts he was in great shape he was a nasty piece of boy better player than brian wells <laughs> brian wells got suspended in the western league uh, multiple times including once for clubbing uh, mark Tenorti with uh, the stick it was a big deal back in the day this day in orders history for new west travel september 17th travel a private west jet charter round trip to vancouver with an open bar just 199 details at newwesttravel.com we have inside sports tonight six to eight reed wilkins what's he got shaking uh, let me take a peek at the message from Dave here. You will hear from Elks and game analyst Blake Dermott, CFL analyst for uh, CFL.ca, Marshall Ferguson, and you will also hear from the ninth overall pick in this year's NHL draft. That is Dylan Gunther. All right. Our coaches week continues with uh, head coach at the NCAA Penn State Nittany Lions, Edmonton's own Guy Godowski. We'll have NHL insider John Shannon for Legacy. Actually, we're going to move John to Thursday's show. Uh, David Staples' Cult of Hockey will be 
on tomorrow's show. And uh, NBC Sports Washington color analyst, we haven't heard from him in the last six weeks. We're going to hook up with Alan May as well. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 on 630 Cheds. It is the 630 Ched Afternoons with Jaylen Knight. Special thank you to all of you who took time to text me and uh, have a uh, tremendous uh, Tuesday. We'll be back at her tomorrow. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Kevin Robertson. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.